Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Uh, we're very lucky. We're going to have Brenda's going to be bringing God's word to us this morning. Uh, so I'm going to bring Brenda on onto screen as well. Uh, but we, we're going to have the, the, the Bible reading uh, before Brenda will, will be preaching. But I thought what I'd do is I will pray for Brenda first. Uh, and then we can have the Bible reading and then Brenda will bring God's word to us. So let's let's pray for Brenda. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for Brenda, her willingness to to uh, be your servant in, in many different ways. But we thank you, too, that she's been gifted and called to preach. And Father, we pray now as she proclaims your word to us that she would know your anointing upon her. Give her real confidence and power as she proclaims your word. And Father, we pray for us too, that we would have not only ears to hear, but hearts to receive your word that Brenda's going to be proclaiming. So we pray your blessing upon her in the name of Jesus. Amen. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue set free and he began to speak, praising God. All the neighbors were filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, what then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago, Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant the oath he swore to our father Abraham to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. 
to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the wilderness until he appeared publicly to Israel. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the bottom of my stairs. Uh, last week, we celebrated the first week in Advent, and Mike took us dramatically through an eyewitness account of Zachariah, the temple priest's experience, as he served in the inner sanctuary of the temple. And it began with a reading from the Old Testament from, Mike, from Malachi, chapter 3 where the prophet announces the coming of a messenger who will prepare the way of the Lord. I'm sure there might be some people listening this morning who will remember the experience of going to the theatre to see the musical Godspell, which was first staged in the 70s. I've got a vivid memory of sitting in the darkened auditorium, eyes on the stage, waiting for the show to begin, when from behind us came an incredibly powerful, unaccompanied voice singing those words, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And as he came forward through the theatre and sang those amazing words, the hairs on, on the back of your neck stood up. It, it, it was that powerful. And this was the entrance, of course, of John the Baptist coming in first setting the scene, preparing the way for Jesus. And this week, the second week of Advent, we continue with that account in Luke's Gospel of the birth of John. We know that Zachariah was not the only one who was visited by the angel Gabriel. As we carry on with the story, Luke tells us that after the angelic encounter in the temple, Zachariah was left unable to speak. Elizabeth, his childless wife, had miraculously become pregnant, exactly as the angel had foretold, and she was now in her sixth month of pregnancy. The angel had next visited a young woman, Mary, and astonished her with the news that she too would become pregnant with a baby boy whose name would be Jesus. And this child too would be the fulfillment of prophecy. When these two women, Elizabeth and Mary, believed to be aunt and niece, got together, we read in Luke chapter 1, verse 41, At the moment Elizabeth heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power. So right at the start of today's reading, in Luke chapter 1, verse 57, as we saw on the screen, we pick up Zachariah and Elizabeth's story again. The child had been born, and that was a miracle in itself. And on the eighth day after the birth of their baby son, family and friends had gathered together to hold the all-important circumcision ceremony, when in obedience to Jewish law, as a mark of God's covenant with Abraham, the foreskin would be removed and the child would be named. 
The Passion Translation reads, Everyone was convinced that the parents would name the baby Zachariah after his father. But Elizabeth spoke up and said, no, he has to be named John. What? They exclaimed. No one in your family line has that name. So they gestured to the baby's father to ask what to name the child. After motioning for a writing tablet, to the amazement of all, he wrote, his name is John. And instantly Zachariah could speak again. And his first words were praises to the Lord. I love that his first words were praises to the Lord. After being silent for so long, having so long to think about what had happened to him and his wife, with probably so much that he had been bursting to say, his immediate reaction was to praise God and with his first words to give him the glory. And as he did that, the friends and family with him were struck, overcome by the fear of the Lord. Suddenly, the God whom they possibly, probably, had been serving in a, in a casual, ritualistic way, if they had been truly serving him at all, that mighty and awesome God had become real to them. Their faith in God had taken a mighty shift. Their eyes had been opened by this miracle of an angelic encounter, an unexpected and truly amazing birth, and now by the testimony of Zachariah. Verse 65 goes on to say, The fear of God then fell upon the people of their village, and the news of this astounding event travelled through the hill country of Judea. It spread and spread. Everyone was in awe of it. All who heard this news were astonished and wondered if a miracle brought his birth, what on earth will this child become? Clearly, God's presence is with this child in a powerful way. And then in verse 67, we read, Then Zechariah was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. We saw how Elizabeth had been filled with the Holy Spirit when she encountered Mary carrying the unborn Christ and that the power of the Holy Spirit had enabled her to prophesy. And now we see how Zachariah too is enabled by the Spirit to speak out prophecy, recalling what the prophets of old had told them about God's plans and purposes. And now he has Holy Spirit revelation of those prophetic words coming true. And his son, his baby son, would be the one to prepare the hearts of people to encounter Jesus, Messiah, to bring them back to God. And I just want us to listen to those prophetic words of Zechariah as it's written in the Passion Translation. I'm going to read in my Bible, starting at verse 67. Zechariah was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied, saying, Praise be to the exalted Lord God of Israel, for he has seen us through eyes of grace, and he comes as our hero God to set us free. He appears to us as a mighty saviour, a trumpet of redemption from the house of David his servant, just as he promised long ago by the words of his holy prophets. They prophesied he would come one day and save us from every one of our enemies 
and from the power of those who hate us. Now he has shown us the mercy promised to our ancestors, for he has remembered his holy covenant. He has rescued us from the power of our enemies. This fulfills the sacred oath he made with our father Abraham. Now we can boldly worship God with holy lives, living in purity as priests in his presence every day. And to you I prophesy, my little son, you will be known as the prophet of the glorious God. You will be a forerunner going before the face of the master, Yahweh, to prepare hearts to embrace his ways. You will preach to his people the revelation of salvation life, the cancellation of all our sins to bring us back to God. After months of being unable to speak, the Holy Spirit enables Zechariah to remember the ancient prophecies of Malachi, recognizing that John will be a forerunner, preparing the way for the Savior. He quotes Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 2, those familiar verses that we hear every year at this time, and especially apt in these dark times. The people who live in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Suddenly, in the birth of this child, Zachariah can see God is on the move. God hasn't forgotten them. And how apt that this is what Zachariah's name means. He has remembered. And Elizabeth's name means his holy covenant, that covenant that was made centuries ago with Abraham. After generations of seeming silence from God and dark times of suffering under foreign powers, God has remembered. He is fulfilling his covenant promises. He is true to his word. And his son John, whose name means God's merciful, miraculous gift, will be known as a prophet, preparing the way for a return to God. And that return to God is going to call for holy lives. It's a call to be living in purity before God as his priests, being in his presence, not just once a year or now and then, but every day. Something was going to happen that would enable the cancellation of sin to bring them back to God. For generations, the people of God have been struggling and failing to serve him by keeping the law and offering the sacrifices. They just couldn't do it. But now God was making a new way back to him. And this miracle baby will go ahead to prepare the way, the way out of darkness and into dazzling light. As the Passion Translation puts it so beautifully, the splendor light of heaven's glorious sunrise is about to break upon us in holy visitation, all because the merciful heart of God is so very tender. The word from heaven will come to us with dazzling light to shine upon those who live in darkness near death's dark shadow, and he will illuminate the path that leads to peace. Afterwards, their son grew up and was strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and he grew in his love for God. John chose to live in the lonely wilderness, until the day came when he was to be displayed publicly to Israel. Wow, what a story. 
And what does this part of the, the Christmas scripture say to us today? For me, three things jumped out. Firstly, the work of the Holy Spirit in the lives of these characters. When Elizabeth came into contact with the as yet unborn baby Jesus, she was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And that overflowing power enabled her to recognize Mary as the mother of her Lord. It gave her revelation. It filled her with great joy and excitement. It enabled this hitherto insignificant woman to speak out and her words are recorded in scripture for all time. Zachariah too, as he's obedient to the angel's command and writes the name of John on the clay writing tablet, is filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. So that his first words were praises to the Lord and he prophesies eloquently about the fulfilling of God's word and the future of his baby son. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He takes ordinary, insignificant, unlikely people, and he equips and empowers them for service. In the days of Elizabeth and Zachariah, the Holy Spirit was only given to specific individuals for a special purpose. But in the light of the gospel, all who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, all who have confessed their sin and received forgiveness and salvation through the blood of Jesus, have the Holy Spirit living in them, ready and able to equip us and enable us to do God's work. So we who believe that Jesus is Lord should be expecting to see and experience the Holy Spirit working in our lives and in our church. And we are never too old or too young or too ordinary or too unworthy to be used by God. I was rem reminded of my old Sunday school superintendent, Mr. Bert Frampton. He was a, a faithful servant of our church. He led the Sunday school. He was an officer in the boys' brigade. He was a deacon in the church. But he would always have said that he was just an ordinary working man. But in his late 70s, he became quite ill. He attended a, a very low-key and very formal healing service at our church one evening and he struggled to get down to the front of the church for prayer. But something happened in that prayer that caused him to skip back down the aisle, declaring that God had healed him, and he certainly had. From that day on, Bert went all over the country preaching about his healing and about the incredible power of the Holy Spirit, and he led prayer for others to be healed. And over the next few years, until he was well in his 80s, he had an amazing healing ministry and produced two books of testimony from people who had experienced God's healing. Every believer receives the Holy Spirit to empower us now, not just for special times, but for everyday ministry, to speak that word to someone, to pray that prayer, to do that act of kindness and love. So we should be expecting to see God working in and through us in amazing ways. Indeed, Jesus himself promised in John 14, those who believe in him would do the same mighty miracles as him. And he promises in Acts 1 verse 8 that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be seized with power 
So let's be expecting the Holy Spirit to be at work in and through us as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And secondly, there's the link between the Old and New Testament, which Mike illustrated so well in his series of the big story of the Bible. How awesome that words spoken by men generations before, the prophecies of Malachi, Isaiah and Micah, are seen to have come to pass as we continue through the Christmas scriptures. How long God's people had had to wait to see those prophecies come true, but in God's timing, they were fulfilled. God's timing is not our timing, but we live in an era when we want everything to happen straight away. Those prophets didn't see their words fulfilled, but they remained faithful to God's word and were not afraid to speak it out. In WOW recently, we've been talking about what is truth and what is false. Whose words can we trust? We're being bombarded these days by news and opinions, and people are being misguided and led astray by what is surely a distraction of the enemy. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the light. And we need to be sure that we are rooted and grounded in what God's word actually says and not be confused by the subtle lies and deceit of the enemy that spreads fear and division. And how beautiful those words were with our lighting of the Advent candle this morning, which just spoke exactly into what's happening at the moment. And finally, John came to be the forerunner, the one who was to go ahead to prepare the way for the coming of Jesus. And Advent is traditionally the time when God's people prepare themselves spiritually. I love that verse, verse 65 in our reading today, that says, the fear of God then fell on the people of their village. Everyone was in awe over it. And I wonder if, if somehow today we're missing the awe, the wonder, the holy fear of God that clearly these, these people were experiencing. Have we lost the excitement, the amazement, the thankfulness that marks an encounter with the living God? Have we let things slip in our personal faith? Has it become routine rather than dynamic? In the midst of everything that has been going on this year, with the worries and the fears that we've been experiencing and the pressures of not being able to do perhaps the kind of crazy Christmas that our culture and society have turned this holy festival into. Maybe this year we can use this preparation time of Advent to recapture that sense of awe, that realisation of God's holiness and his amazing love for mankind as his salvation plan begins to be unfolded. As we reread the familiar scriptures and as we sing, albeit to ourselves, the carols and hymns that are so familiar, let's ask God for a, a fresh encounter, a special touch from the Holy Spirit that will deepen our faith, raise our expectations and give us a fresh understanding of how holy and awesome is our God and how very much he loves us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. 
that reminds us again of your amazing plan for redeeming mankind. And as we read the familiar scriptures, would you, by your Holy Spirit, give us that fresh encounter with Jesus? Fill us with awe and wonder as we realise how very much you love us. May we have the desire to go deeper in our faith. May we take time to examine ourselves and deal with those things that have got in the way or distracted us from your path. And may we be expecting to see you moving in power in our daily lives. May we be filled with more and more of your Holy Spirit, joy, love, and that wonderful peace that passes all understanding so that those around us will see Jesus reflected in us. In his mighty name, amen. For more information, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk